Hi, and welcome to the Let's Talk Melbourne podcast, a place for critical conversation, curiosity, and the big picture from the city of Melbourne. I'm your host, Vikas Raheja, and let's get started. Justin. Vikas. Welcome to Let's Talk Melbourne. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being here. Now, Melbourne is a beautiful, glorious city uh, for those of us who live and love this great city. We're often mesmerized by its beauty, diversity, culture, and most importantly, the food and wine. Would mm-hmm. you agree? Of course, especially okay. when you put in the food and wine there. Yes, agree. And today, uh, you are a special guest because you're such proud Melbourneian who knows a thing or two about thriving about the type thriving food and wine scene but before we get into that are you able to introduce yourself to our guests of course so i'm justin uh by day i'm a communications manager in the insurance industry uh and by night i'm an aspiring professional tennis player i think that's a slight exaggeration but i do love tennis um i play about twice a week um and i watch it every opportunity i can um i like to keep fit at the gym as well. I enjoy Pilates and I need to stay this active because as you've already prefaced, um, I'm a big food and wine fan. So um, as beautiful and as much as we appreciate food and wine, it does certainly add the calories. So um, we need to keep that in check. Well, thank you for that lovely Tinder profile introduction. <laughs> so Justin is single. So if anyone's listening or watching, please. You haven't uh, checked in with me in the last out. week, but okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. Okay. we uh, he, I know, What's your status? Do you want to reveal that? <laughs> no, what you said was correct. Okay. So we'll stick with Fair that. Fair enough. Um, now, Justin, you and I were at an event a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And you were served red wine in a plastic glass and you wouldn't stop bitching about it for 12 minutes and 50 seconds would you like to explain yourself i'm glad you timed me um it's probably an exaggeration but it wouldn't be far from the truth uh we are spoiled in melbourne no you you acted like you visited a crime scene that was your reaction i don't think it was that dramatic but the type of event that we're at is um, a networking event for business professionals, typically, at least that's how it started. Um, And when you have that type of event in Melbourne, you, by default, you'll be presented not just with glassware, but decent glassware, generally at any bar you go. Um, And that had been the standard for this event. So I was a little surprised and unsettled uh, by being handed a plastic glass to drink my wine from like I'm at a three-year-old picnic. And you made sure that you were given an actual glass and not a plastic cup. Look, apparently my face gives away a uh, fair bit. Okay. And the proprietor recognized that what he handed me was not appropriate. And he, without my prompting, went and found a proper glass. Okay. Well, good for you. On behalf of the city of Melbourne, we would like to thank you for oh, your sure. contribution to good glassware being served in pubs. Now, let's walk through this um or let's talk about the entire food and wine scene in Melbourne. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, you've traveled fair enough uh, across the globe and Mm -hmm. you visited a lot of good places. What is it about the Melbourne scene particularly that you think um, is so interesting and also so popular? I mean, of course, I don't profess to be an expert because I've traveled to every part of the globe. I certainly haven't, but I... I have done have a, a lot of, experience of a dining yeah. in the States, you can have in Europe, well, in so. Asia. Thank yeah. you. Um, and I think it's been 
extensively written and spoken about, but Melbourne obviously is an amalgamation of a number of of amazing cultures and particularly food cultures yep. to the point where um, we don't necessarily define anything as our own and we're proud of that fact. Yep. Um, and you introduced me, for example, because as, as a Melbourneian and um, I have actually spent most of my life in Adelaide, but I think that tells the story of Melbourne is that it is a very, uh, I wouldn't say transient city, but it's certainly a city made up of people from potentially everywhere, everywhere. else. Um, and we embrace that and we let that contribute to our the fabric of our food scene. Yeah. And I think um, the, the reason we have such a proud food culture is we haven't really given one food any preference over another, any particular cuisine. We've said, bring it all in, we'll celebrate them individually, and in many cases, we'll fuse them together. But fusion is a dangerous and dirty word, and it is has it? to be managed carefully. Okay, talk talk to me a bit about that. Uh, when you have a chef who knows what they're, they're doing yep. and recognises that uh, fusion should mean, I guess, one particular food or one particular style with hints of another or several others, it can work well. When you're trying to suggest that Japanese and Chinese can be exactly the same on one plate, I think that's entering into yeah, dangerous territory. I think that is. I think that is... Uh, I mean, it, some would say it's brave or innovative. I would say it's it's probably blasphemous, but that's just me. <laughs> that's just me. Depends okay. on who you speak to. Yeah. Um, okay, so if we talk about the wineries in Melbourne, because I'm pretty sure you've been to almost every one of them. <laughs> uh, every wine region, yes. Yes. In so, Victoria. In Victoria, yeah. Was, yes, in Victoria, in the state of Victoria. Um, what are the ones that you would recommend to someone who is, say, a novice in the wine field and just wants to go to a winery and, and, and you know, feel good about themselves, feel like they're in the south of France, which they're not, <laughs> but they want to have that feeling. It's an interesting question you pose, Vikas, because yes. it really comes down to each person's objective. So even if they're a beginner, are they going out to learn more about wine and really um, basically jump into that, that wine knowledge and that wine experience with top producers and make it all about the wine? Or are they looking for a beautiful day out with a cheese platter where wine is also a feature? They're two very different Different prospects. ones. That's good. That's an interesting point. So let's answer for both. So I think I know one really beautiful winery I've, I used to go to quite frequently in Yarra Valley was Madden's Rise. Yeah. Um, and I can't vouch for the cheese platter because I didn't actually have one there, but I can say it's very approachable for a beginner. The wines are beautiful quality, really, um, really interesting, but comp and sort of that mid-range um, price point. Yep. Um, but we know from the winemakers and the and the um, cellar door operators there, it's a small. Um, I think family-run um, operation. Yep. And there is nothing too intimidating about it. There's no snobbery. They're there to enjoy the wine, but also they're not they're spruiking saying, "Oh, you know, this wine is just so incredible." They acknowledge they're like, you know what, this is a good for this is a good everyday wine. This is something you'd open with your friends, and it takes that mystique and that um, that that trepidation away from uh, the wine experience for many beginners. Agree. Um, but if you're looking for uh, 
you know, really getting into the, the wine knowledge um, in Victoria, like I'm talking Yarra Valley, Mornington Peninsula here, a number of those wineries will have actual classes, um, wine knowledge classes, some of the big operators like uh, Yearing Station in Yarra Valley. Um, but equally, depending on their, um, their setup, you can just walk in nowadays post COVID you do need to book often but yep. you can still you don't need to book for a course or anything of like that. Obviously you can just book in for a tasting and one um one of the my favorites that's really approachable with a huge selection would be a Merrick's general store in the Mornington Peninsula. They've oh, got yeah. a lot of the local producers who they supply uh yeah. distribute. Distribute to yep. Yeah. And and it's good to support local producers, I feel. Mm. It's it's very good because it's sort of it, 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 and also, it is a part of the experience. Wouldn't you agree? Well, of course. Yeah. And we have a very proud and established wine culture yeah. um, in Victoria, um, which we know. Now, is it is it at the standard of the, the, the flag bearers like Burgundy in France and, and Bordeaux um, or even the um, Piemonte region in Italy? It doesn't. We still don't have the the history. We simply can't recreate that. Obviously, yes, we can't. Um, but instead, we're establishing wines of our own quality in the new world, um, as we say, and and that's regularly recognised um, internationally. Yeah. Okay. Now, before we move on to the restaurant conversation, mm-hmm. there's a question that I've been wanting to ask you. Okay. Why does everyone between, say, South Yarra and Armadale, the entire population who reside in in that in in those areas mm-hmm. specifically, why do they all drink white wine or champagne? What is with this white wine supremacy that is so prevalent uh, and contagious in those areas that the rest of us who are in the city uh, are not necessarily exposed to? What do you have to explain about your neighborhood? I feel that's a very loaded question, Rikas. Um, but <laughs> is it? Yes, but I would expect you to ask these sorts of things. I guess you know this is a hard-hitting podcast. Absolutely. Uh, look, to be honest, I didn't know that that was a fact. But the more I think oh, about it, oh come on, it is a fact. You know that. Uh, well, I suppose you walk into any bar in those areas, everyone's drinking white wine. It's like, what is going on here? Well, I happen to be a huge white wine fan. Yeah. Um, Chardonnay, Chablis, for anyone who's listening. Um, I guess there is this notion of cleanness and purity, perhaps, that comes with (laughs) white wine and your pearl earrings and your nautical stripes. You asked the question. I have to answer it as well as I can. That's the kind of answers we're looking for. Um, To to summarise more generally, obviously we know... Uh, as Melbournians, that south of the river, in those areas like South Yarra and Armadale, um, we're a lot less grungy than north of the river. And perhaps there's an association that uh, red wines, darker beers, the darker side of Melbourne um, makes more sense on the north side of the river. Yeah, but, you know, it's one of those... It reminds me of something which my grandmother said... um, (laughs) <laughs> and which is probably going to be controversial, but I'll say it anyway. Mm-hmm. It's like you can have all the money can buy you pearls and, and you know, fancy cars and, and everything else. It can't teach you class. Mm-hmm. And I think that sort of is sort of, I feel, a bit of what's going on there. But I get your point, largely speaking. Uh, I think there is this... Um, it's just very suburb... And it's interesting you mentioned that because uh, the 
consumers of alcohol in, on the north side are a lot more open to you know say a shiraz gin or like uh brewed beers of different kinds versus uh, on the south side which, uh, which is obviously we're generalizing the, it's not necessarily yes. a very uh, f- uh we need to fact check that no but, that's uh, right and yeah. i'm i'm going to leave that to you to do um I would definitely agree with the craft beer yeah. element um, and that notion of artisanal craft, yeah. whether that be food or or alcohol. Um, in my experience and understanding, definitely there is a there is a greater openness and interest in that north of the river. Yeah. Um, in the inner city areas like Collingwood and Fitzroy. Yeah. Um, and Brunswick, certainly. Uh, south of the river, perhaps we see less experimentation. Yeah. I don't think... It's, it's comfort and familiarity that they're looking for, perhaps. Perhaps. Yeah. And not to challenge your, your grandmother, but I don't think that we can bring <laughs> a class discussion into no, but wine, sorry, champagne, red wine it, and beer. <laughs> I'm not saying it's a classist thing. What I'm saying is that uh, sophistication or uh, royalty is something that cannot be taught is what i was getting at no. it can be adapted it can be practiced and finessed but perhaps it can't it's it's one of those things where either you have it or you don't and those who know know uh, well yeah, I, think... so I wasn't necessarily making a class statement to say that it's it's an elitist kind of thing but it was more so to say about yep y- 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 you know what i mean no yeah. and i understand yeah. the the elitist perspective and angle there but i think you could bring beer into that argument, definitely, yeah. to say there is a typical association um, away from beer in elite society, let's say. Um, but I would say red wine uh, is as much a part of the South Side um, okay. imbibing culture uh, as white wine. And you only need to look at wine bars like Oterra, which is probably my favorite dining. That's a beautiful bar. I dining know. spot at the moment. Yeah. Um, uh, in in Armadale, where wine of all kinds is the focus first and foremost, yeah. um, with beautiful food to match. Yeah. Now let's dive into the restaurant scene here, mm-hmm. and, and let me start by asking: if you had to pick three restaurants that you'll absolutely love in Melbourne, which would they be? Well, as I just said, Oterra is a, a current favourite for exactly that that dining style yeah. that I love, which is wine bar dining there there aren't any large um dishes on the menu at yeah. all they're all all snacks but they're done with as much excuse me as much finesse um and consideration uh and experimentation as any fine dining oh, establishment oh i agree i think the food there is sublime mm. absolutely yeah uh so that's absolutely up there uh does it need to be melbourne or can well, this is Let's Talk Melbourne, but we are open, Melbourne. we are inclusive. So in the spirit of the city, yes, you can tell me other places as well. No, well, of course, there's, um, you know, Andrew McConnell, I think, is our, uh, the restaurateur we most put up in lights um, in Melbourne um, for all of his establishments. And um, Cumulus, Cumulus Inc. has been, you know, a Flinders Lane establishment, establishment for, for, yeah, it's iconic. Coming on areas. 15 yeah. years now, I think. Um and it just has that aesthetic down pat um, with the quality sharing food to match. Um, I would like to see uh, a little more, I guess, variation in the menu now, admittedly, when, yeah, when I was last, last there. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I think uh, the team recognises, you know, uh, why, why change a winning formula. 
So yeah, but it's Melbourne. You can't rest on your laurels. You can't. Yeah. Um, and another favourite would be um, a little local called Shadow Boxer. Um, in I think it's I think it's South Yarra. Uh, just of off, uh, just near the corner of Turak Road and, and Chapel Street. Um, again, very wine focused, but very approachable food. Um, it's a perfect midweek spot when you don't just want pizza, you don't just want pasta, um, you don't just want Vietnamese. Yep. Uh, you want something that's a little more adventurous, but equally delicious um, and not going to blow the budget. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. The- I, I at the moment, as I I think I mentioned to you, for me, uh, Smith Street Bistro, I'm in love mm. with that. Uh, I can't explain why, but there's something about the food that I really, really um, enjoy. Well, Scott Pickett is is the restaurateur yeah. there, and um, uh, I often think of uh, him and Andrew McConnell facing off. Um, with with Chris Lucas looking on in the background. Oh my you know, god, that would be an amazing a- episode of Master Chef. Well, exactly, yeah. or even Iron Chef. Yeah, <laughs> I love Iron Chef. Um, and Freya is another one that uh, I'm really enjoy going to. I think it's. Uh, I've it's, not been there Freya's, yet. So it's you... pretty good. I think that's. It's got this very um, unique palette, which is uh, it's it's comforting and familiar, but yet new. Would be the the closest I can define my experience. Of food there, and why was I not invited to this particular? Well, location? yours calendar is booked out for months. So ah, it's I hard see. to get to okay, anywhere. It's my fault. That's yes. fine. Yep. Yeah, we, some of us are just are uh, not that busy, Justin. Um, now we are in the last stretch of this conversation. Mm-hmm. Now I wanted to get your take on what would you say if someone who's visiting Melbourne from overseas. What advice would you give them to say they start their Melbourne food and wine experience from? And it's say they have two days at max uh, in the city uh, and they can go anywhere where the Uber can take them in like five, 10 kilometer radius. What recommendations? Or, or if you had to build an itinerary for them, what would that be? Is there something you can do? I mean, we know how uh, how prevalent Loon Croissantery is. Um, okay. And I, so I'm not... That's why I'm not recommending Loon, not because I have anything against Loon, but I'd like to offer an alternative take Please. to um, a boulangerie in Melbourne, which is Baker Blue. There's one in Caulfield, okay. Caulfield North, um, and also an outpost in Malvern. Okay. Um, for a sourdough croissant experience that oh, is wow. that is out of this world, like the quality is exceptional. Okay. Um, so they will have to travel into the suburbs, but you did say they could get an Uber, yep, so that's fine. they could get an Uber, yes. Um, start with a, a, a croissant. Um, then, I mean, I can't go past Oterra at the moment. Oh, yes, um, that I agree. I'll, I'll put that on my list too. Uh, for lunch, but if they're too full because they overindulged on the pastries, which can happen, um, then maybe just, you know, a light salad, uh, I'm going to stick with Southside, you know, and there's some beautiful little um, spots along Domain Road in South Yarra that you can grab that lighter option with yep. a glass of wine. Yeah. And then obviously you want a late afternoon drink. And yep. so I would recommend any of Lyndon Kubis's um, uh, wine shop slash bars like Turak Cellars, yep. Milton, Turak the Alps. Yeah. And then, of course, dinner, well, uh, again, any of Andrew McConnell's. But, um, of course, we do have Shannon Martin, 
Nez doing wonderful things in the vegetarian and vegan space. So yes. it would be remiss to not recommend something like Lona Mesa. That's a good one. <laughs> okay. I would probably say uh, have breakfast at Bowie to Williamsburg. That's really, mm-hmm. really good. And then, as I said, you know, for me, go to like book a table up at Smith Street Bistro or Freya. You can't go wrong with that. And bar scene, definitely. I'm very partial to ODV. Um, yes. But I'm a whiskey drinker and I live in the city. So it's, uh, again, a very uh, convenient and uh, and something that I really, really, I love that bar. I think it's it represents everything that I like about whiskey drinking. Uh, so I would definitely recommend that. So, so yeah, th- those are some good options. So thank you, Justin, uh, okay. for sharing. Now, two questions we ask all our guests at the end of the podcast uh-huh. is that what is the one thing you love about living in Melbourne? Question one. Uh, I actually love having our extremely hot summers with the last couple of summers accepted uh, and pretty cold winters so you get to wear your entire wardrobe So you you like the fact that you can wear different kinds of yes. collection that you have. Winter yes. collection, summer collection, spring collection and autumn collection. Like if you're living in Queensland you simply can't <laughs> appreciate the beauty of a caliber wool coat for example. Of course. Yeah. And and by the way you have to I have to say this that you probably explained to me, and I didn't know this, there's a difference between a winter coat and a trench coat. And Well, I don't think I think a winter oh, coat could, could classify any number of So talk to us outerwear. quickly about the three different coats that I I can't remember. Was it I'm sure it was you. You said was you asked me do you want a winter coat or a trench coat or a Or a bomber jacket or well, th- that I know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh I guess your trench coat uh in a cotton canvas fabric is going to be much lighter than your wool Absolutely. and overcoat yeah. uh, or a duffel coat. So I no, think that, that I agree with. The, I the think difference. the beauty of Melbourne, as which now that you've mentioned it and I think about it, is the fact that we we are a pretty well-dressed city. And, and because we are lucky enough to have different weathers, we can dress as per the weather. And that brings out a certain personality mm-hmm. of individuals and the city in, in more ways than one. And uh, that's that's a blessing. And I think we're we're large enough a city with, um, I don't know what our population is is at at the moment, but I think it's nearing. You can you can fact check this later. We're nearing five million. Yeah. Um, and as a result, you can you can dress as casually or as formally as you like any day of the week, and most of the time, no one's gonna. No one's going to really care. It's how you feel. And if you want to look beautiful on a Tuesday night, you can. And I don't think, having come from Adelaide, for example, and forgive me, Adelaideans, if the scene has changed, but I know in my earlier adult years, trying to get a little dressier midweek for dinner was just something that no one really did. Yeah. Um, And so I'm proud to call Melbourne home in that sense. A hundred percent, I agree. I think if you're going out for dinner, no matter which day of the week, you have to dress up. You have to dress up. You have to put the effort if you're going to a restaurant. You can't turn up to a restaurant looking like, uh, you know, you've just walked out of 
I don't know, from from a sale admirer. <laughs> you know, you have to really put in the effort. I mean, not really put in the effort, but you need to be dressed up. The whole point of going to a dinner at a restaurant well, is dressing up and having that experience. If we had more time, because we could talk all about the active wear. Well, there is another episode <laughs> we will have to do for season two where we will talk about fashion. Uh, and the second question is, what is your anthem song? Oh, jeez. Uh, this can be any song that I love to listen any to. Any song today, or it's your go-to song for whenever you need something, or whatever it may be. Yes, oh, I've got to get MC in there, so it's "Breakdown" by Mariah Carey. Of course, yes. oh, that, that was like a rhetorical question in some ways. Yes, you probably <laughs> okay. knew that. And that is your favorite Mariah Carey song? It is. It's my favorite song ever, okay. um, and it's one of only a handful of songs that, when it comes on my shuffle list, it never gets forwarded ever. You just it's just bliss any time it comes. Oh, wow. Well, that's fantastic. Well, we are pretty much out of time. So thank you, Justin, for coming today and sharing with us uh, your take on the food and wine scene in the city of Melbourne, uh, which is home for the both of us. And we love this city very much. I appreciate the time that you've taken to come here. I would also like to say that we're coming to you from Image Online Studio in Abbotsford. And give a shout out to um, Construct Mart and Floor Trading and Clearance Center uh, for being our sponsor. So thank you, everybody. And uh, thanks, Justin. Thanks, Vikas. Thanks all. We would like to thank our sponsors, Construct Mart and Floors Trading and Clearance Center. Uh, and also let you know that this podcast has been recorded from Image Online Studio in Abbotsford. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening and please remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel and also follow us on Instagram at Let's Talk Melbourne.